And good evening, Hampton Roads. Welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zibna, alongside me as usual, CFP, Allison DeBrill. Together we come to you live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then we'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what Alice and I are talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to us. We'll get you right on air. 627-7979. That's 627-7979. Wealthway Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put a client's interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As as the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., and that's to reach out and help as many people in the Hampton Roads listening area that we can achieve your measure of financial success, because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. You got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone, give us a call, 627-7979. Whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, the economy, uh, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSB, 457s, uh, mortgage options, social security claiming strategies, or estate planning, wills and trusts, all that and more falls under the umbrella of personal finance. We are here to discuss tonight, 627-7979. Good evening, Allison. Good evening. You got your uh, stash of illegal fireworks ready to go? <laughs> well, no, not, not uh, in Chicks Beach, uh, Virginia Beach. Uh, we have a fully sanctioned oh. firework party. How official? Uh, official, uh, put on by the Civic Leagues, sponsored by the Civic Leagues, funded by donations from members of the Civic League. No city, state tax dollars used for the fireworks but fully permitted so that's the so you're covered yes we're good that's in good. chicks beach uh, <laughs> and the surrounding uh, uh, civic leagues around that area i'll be up on a lake in michigan and i don't think they're illegal there or well regardless uh, anything there goes, will, they will be there <laughs> anything goes lakes on upper michigan probably. yeah exactly yeah. Well, I can't believe it's 4th of July already. Um, but tonight I wanted to talk about something that affects a lot of people and probably more and more these days as people seem to be leaving their jobs uh, very often these days. I think I, I saw a statistic that the average baby boomer has worked for six different employers over the course of their career. Mm. And uh, many 20-somethings, I think we saw 
made major shifts during COVID as there was upheaval in, in jobs and, and work environment and I think opportunity for people to make changes. So mm. we want to talk about the 401k. When you switch jobs, what do you do with your company-sponsored retirement plan, mm. your 401k, your 403b, or your TSP? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of times um, when people don't stay at jobs very often – then they don't build up much, if anything, in their company retirement plan. And they might not treat it too seriously when there's only, you know, a couple thousand bucks in there, that type of thing. And so they go on to the next job. They stay there for a couple years, only get a couple thousand in the retirement plan. Then they go on to the next job and so on and so forth. And so they accumulate these uh, small buckets of retirement plan money that just languish behind uh with old employers. The problem is the old employers don't want these accounts on their books. They caught each account costs them some money. So typically on amounts below $5,000, the employer, after a certain amount of time, if you haven't done anything, if you haven't taken initiative to move that money on your own, then the employer will do it for you, kick the money out of the plan and send either, either send you a check Um, a distribution from the plan, which then in most cases is going to make it fully taxable to you and penalties might apply, or they will automatically roll it over into a company, another company that uh, puts it into an individual IRA in your name. But uh, as we have seen in practice in the past, um, those companies that specialize in these abandoned, orphaned, small dollar 401k plans they fee they fee these accounts to death so it's basically just a way of getting uh, the company's getting rid of it and it's not in your best interest you should do something take some action with your old retirement plans yes forgotten retirement accounts can really cost you time and money so it's really important as you make a job change to make sure you don't leave your 401k money behind i was reading some statistics that actually really surprised me um i was reading that 33 percent of workers in their 20s opt to cash out their 401ks Mm -hmm. when they leave their job and like you said it's Mm -hmm. probably a small amount Mm -hmm. but it added up to 92 billion Mm dollars that left 401k systems due to cash outs i think Mm -hmm. that was back in like 2015, mm-hmm. $92 billion mm-hmm. in 401k cash outs. One third of all workers in their 20s cash out their company retirement plan, pay the pay the uh, taxes, pay the penalties, take whatever's left, put it in their bank account, spend it. We're going to come back to that statistic because that is uh, very surprising, and I got some more to go, on, go along with that. But for, first, we have a caller on the line. Thomas Chesapeake, you are on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for your call tonight. Thank you, sir. How can we help you? All right. My uh, my question is, um, I'm a retired military guy, 100% disabled, and I'm looking at rolling my house into an estate plan with my wife, and I was wondering, do you lose the tax, uh, the property tax benefit from being 100%? by rolling it into a trust? Hmm, good question. So because of your 
disability status, you don't have to pay property tax on your primary residence, right? That's correct. And who owns the property right now? My wife and I. Jointly. I mean, we're, we're, yes, we're still, um, we're still, you know, we got a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And um, you're considering moving it into a trust, you said? Yes, for, you know, for the eventuality of death, you know, and like I know that if, if when I die, that benefit continues on with my wife because she was my spouse. So, but, you know, I mean, I just had a loss in the family and the family or the family home was in a trust and it was, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I was just like, I was, I was wondering if I lose that benefit by putting my house into a trust. Well, Thomas, let me ask you, what is what do you see as the benefit of putting the house in a trust? What do, what do you hope guess, to gain by doing that? Uh, from what I, you know, from what I understand, it's like a good tax break, or you know, you're not when we pass. There's not, it's not overly taxed with uh, the, I don't know, the death tax and. Mm-hmm. I guess it just alleviates a lot of the probate requirements and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really not well versed in estate mm-hmm. planning, so. Okay, well, the first thing you said, tax benefits, no. There are no special tax benefits by moving your house uh, from joint ownership into the ownership of a trust. Yes, it's the second part, yes, there are estate uh, benefits, ease of administration um, with a trust. Uh, and not having to put it through probate, but you know, I there sh- there should be some real compelling reason here to want to put the house in a trust. Ease of estate administration is one, but it's also can be fairly easily managed other ways. Okay, um, I I was just told by you know the realtor that that I'm dealing with the family property, that it was just, you know, it made things just so much simpler after death of the owners. But if you're concerned about your wife, she's already an owner, so there'd be no specific advantage there. Now, if you're going to leave it to your kids or heirs, um, there may be. Well, the plan is... you know, and I'm not trying to monop- monopolize your show, but um, the plan is, is my wife and I, we both have three sets of kids, blended family. So okay, okay, mm-hmm. that all right, yeah. that, that changes things. That can be a good reason. So, and what we're looking at is, you know, like if I pass first, um, you know, I want her to be able to live in the house, and, you know, if she decides to remarry, you know, more power to her, but I don't want the house to become at that point oh well now he has a voice in what's done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay that makes more sense Mm -hmm. okay yeah well then back to your original question thomas um i would recommend consulting an attorney for to be certain Um, my inclination is though that the trust would likely be a revocable living trust which does offer some of those protections you were talking about and can help you accomplish those planning objectives, but is still something that you and your wife, if you're both the trustees, would control and that I, I believe the VA would 
would treat that as you still own the property and that you still would be exempt from paying taxes. So that's how I think they would treat it, but I would defer to an, an attorney that specializes in estate planning. Okay, fantastic. Okay, Thomas, thanks for the question. That was a good one. A lot of complexity there. We appreciate it. Uh, if you uh, have a question about your personal financial situation or want to jump in a conversation about uh, 401k plans, give us a call on studio line 627-7979. We're going to step away, take a short break. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com, or if you're into social media, you can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Just search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, press the like button, be our friend. <laughs> uh, and But we promise we won't show up to your house uninvited. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Tonight we're talking about what to do when you change jobs. What should you do with your 401k? Um, there's definitely a cost of time and money if you leave behind old retirement plans and if you are not paying attention to them or actively managing them, you are certainly letting opportunity slip through your fingers. Yeah, so Allison threw out a stat uh, early on um, that we came across that uh, about one-third of workers in their 20s opt to cash out their 401k plans. Uh, this is from a report from Vanguard, by the way, so pretty reliable source. One-third of workers in their 20s cash out their 401k plan. So then that got me, th- that's a huge number, by the way, a massively huge number, and that's a, a lot of people doing the absolutely wrong thing at the wrong time. Barring a catastrophic financial emergency, you should not be cashing out your company retirement plan. That should be an option of last resort. Um, one fundamental tenant, the, the main, one of the main fundamental tenants of good, successful investing is time. Having time on your side. Time is a depreciating asset for all of us. And so when you are young, and in your 20s, you have a lot of time on your side. That is not, absolutely the not the right time to be cashing out your company retirement plans if you can all at all avoid it. So anyway, one-third of people doing it in their 20s, that got me uh, going down a rabbit hole. So I did a, you know, a Google search for, like, how many people, like, what percentage of the population in general contributes to a retirement plan? Well, the answer to that, according to a study at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, is about 65%. Mm, That's better than I would have thought. Only about 65% of people who are eligible for a company retirement plan, uh, and they they focus on, I should be 
should clarify, they focused on 401k plans, but 401k plans function much like 457s, TSPs, and 43Bs, at least in this regard. So I, I would imagine that numbers are consistent. So only about two-thirds of the population contributes to a plan. And then we have about one-third uh, of those people who are cashing out their 401k mm-hmm. plan in their 20s. And, you know, this, this is the thing that gets me so frustrated is that there's so much opportunity that we say it at the beginning of every show that the majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. These numbers are not good. Two-thirds of the population taking advantage, but then one-third cashing out at the most inopportune time and then having to start over. This is not a recipe for good financial health for most people. And this is how most people conduct their financial affairs. Certainly those who do not work with a financial advisor. You want to be a do-it-yourselfer. You think you're saving money. That's fine. Go ahead. It's your money. You can do with it whatever you want. But then one day you wake up at 65 and realize that all you got is Social Security and not a whole whole else money else to spend at that particular time. You, 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 when you get into the workforce, most people 18, 20 years old, you have about 40, 45 years of work and savings to get you to a place of financial security. But if you don't take the opportunity or you misuse the opportunity through no one's fault but your own, I get, I get really frustrated when I hear people at 65, like, had a lifetime ahead of me, and I didn't take opportunity when I had it. So that's my little rant for today, <laughs> and I'll try to back off of that and get back to the, the stats <laughs> and the facts. Um, but, you know, it just highlights so, much, so many times in industry literature how, how wide swath swaths of the population continues to do the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason and then they wonder why they don't have enough money all right so we've established that when you leave a company you should not just cash in your 401k but now we're going to talk about what should you do with it after think the break. All right, yeah, we'll do that when we come back from the break. Uh, Joe in Norfolk, uh, we see you up there. We're going to get you get to you after the news. Hang with us. Uh, she's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM 790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. 
And that's all we use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. I want to remind everybody our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, July 12th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m., you can get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen on your own schedule. All right, question or comment relating to your personal financial situation or anything we're talking about tonight, give us a call in studio line, 627-7979. Right now we're going to go out to Norfolk and speak with Joe, who's been waiting patiently. Good evening, Joe. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Thanks for taking my call, Kevin and Allison. You're welcome. I like your show. Thanks. So, uh, uh, I'm late baby boomer, 62. Don't plan on retiring until after 70. But uh, I'm just curious. I mean, you guys, you, you two sound a lot younger than I am. But the obviously, my 401K has taken a pretty big beating, I'm just like everybody else in the country. I mean, is there is there like a rule of thumb in eight years it will be back to normal or back up or back, you know, to something? Is there... I know we've been through quite a few of these over the years. Mm-hmm. I've been through quite a few of them, mm-hmm. and but I really I'm just curious if it's there's a is is eight years going to get me back to where I should be? <laughs> well, uh, we don't know exactly where you should be, Joe. But uh, I think I know <laughs> I think I know the question that you're you're asking there. Yeah, there are definitely some metrics. So. Uh, let me put this in context. We are we are currently technically setting uh, sitting in a bear market, uh, as measured by the S and P 500, and that is a bear market is considered at least a 20% uh, decline from peak to trough in any particular given index. One of the most widely followed is the S and P 500. So. We are, uh, I believe, right around that 20% mark right now. In our world, these are normal. These are natural. Uh, they happen with a frequency that is anywhere between, on average, five to seven years, once every five to seven years. Um, the average bear market decline is around 36 to 38%. Uh, and the average time it takes for recovery uh, in a bear market. Now, it depends on how you kind of measure that. But I'll say give you about a year to a year and a half. Um, so if you you are still, you, see, you said you're 62, you're still working, you're not looking to retire until you're about 70, you're still um, earning income. Uh, I assume you're still contributing to your 401k plan, Yes. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm. Whenever it gets like it is now, I invest more. Well, look at you. Awesome. Then that's the, like you're you're kind of answering your A own plus. question. Like, what <laughs> should you do in the in these times to set your up set yourself to help yourself manage through them and set yourself up for success? That's exactly what you do. You you first of all, you don't stop contributing. You continue contributing to your. 401k plan or your TSP uh, or your your 
portfolio, uh, your brokerage account. And if you can, then you try to increase the amount you're doing that. Because this is, you know, the trite expression of buy low, sell high stocks. It's so easy. You know, anyone can do it. Well, everyone, ha, 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 that, that sounds really great until we go through a bear market. And then the news and the headlines and uh, the whole world seems to be yeah. on fire. And, and, and then people are afraid to buy low. And not only that, they stop contributing or they do the worst thing possible. They sell out. Because I can't take the pain anymore. Because I can't see it go down anymore. So I sell out of my investment. So then you lock in your losses. And when the eventual recovery comes, you're not invested to take advantage of it. And that's how you lose real money. That's how people end up doing it wrong. So good to hear, Joe, that you have a good attitude about it and you're doing the right thing. Well, I hear a lot of people going, oh, I'm going to buy gold, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, look, man, just put more money in your 401k. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, well, I'm losing it, but like I said, I've been through it enough times. But So so in four or five years, it'd probably be back to normal because, like I said, I'm not planning on retiring. And I may not even retire at 70 because I'm in the position I don't have to, but yeah, it's, it's just – Okay, so another another administration come in, somebody else comes in, things change. Um, I've just I've always been worried over the years that I'm going to have to retire, and it and the market's going to be in the dirt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. that's where the financial planning comes into play because uh, once you go from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase, uh, it gets real. You know, that's when you're going to live off of your nest egg, live off your investment accounts. And you have to have backup plans in place for when another bear market hits. And keep in mind, retirement is not the end. It's just a transition period. And if you have normal life expectancy, you probably have almost another third of life ahead of you. That's still a long time horizon. We still recommend that at least our clients stay invested for growth. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate your opinion. So I'll look forward to it going back, back up one day. All right. It will, Joe. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 627-7979. After Virginia Beach now to speak with Brian. Good evening, Brian. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hi, Allison. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for uh, taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, so my quick question was um, I wanted to, to be able to start my, my kids off as early as I could, and I looked up uh, setting up a custodial account. Um, and, and opening up a Roth IRA in their name. Um, some of, I know there's some restrictions and rules that go along with that in terms of record keeping and, and things like that. It has to be earned income, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know if you guys have any kind of simple ways of, of trying to funnel, you know, even small increments of money um, as much as I can to, to get them started off and, and um, get them a better footing than, say, I had started out. Mm-hmm. Good question, Brian. How old are your kids? Uh, one just turned 10, the other one's 7. 10 and 7. And do they have a job? <laughs> uh, they do they mow lawns? Paper roots? <laughs> rake leaves? Right. They, they, do those, like, they do help out around the house. Uh, they help out the grandparents, um, things like that. Uh, they do some volunteering work with their school, things like that. But, yeah. of course, no, no W-2 income here. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, you are supposed to have earned income that is reported on a W-2 for parents that own their own businesses and can actually quote unquote hire their kids and give them little little jobs and pay W-2 income. That That's one creative way to start helping your children be able to, to defer income, but they might have to wait a few years until they actually get some formal earned income. Yeah, but at that time, uh, you definitely could open up an IRA, and we would typically recommend a Roth IRA at a, a young age um, to contribute uh, up to the amount of that earned income, uh, or up to six thousand dollars if they were uh, six. Yeah, six six thousand dollars if they were to make that much money. Most kids don't, you know. If you just got a summer job, that type of thing. Um, so that's something that. You you know, they could earn the money and you could contribute the money into the Roth IRA. So that's something that can help them out too. Yeah, one idea is obviously once they have earned income, if if they can put a little bit of it aside, maybe you match, you know, whatever they save and put mm, into their Roth, one. you match it. Yeah. And so that, that kind of doubles their savings rate just to get them in the habit. And I mean, if they did that as soon as they started working, they would be so far ahead of the mm-hmm. game. If they start early and just continued to do just a Roth IRA for their entire life, they would be very well. Yeah, set. you got the right thought there, Brian. But you still, you, you don't. You got a few years before you even have to worry about starting, and they'll still get a good jump on. Okay. You know, most people. I mean, in the meantime, you could do just a simple brokerage account, I guess, mm-hmm. if they really were earning money with the little neighborhood jobs or their grandparents and you wanted to teach them about it, saving. Really, it could just be a savings account, I would say. Yeah, that's probably one of the best places to mm-hmm. start because it, it, given their ages, you probably have to have it's probably going to have to be a custodial account anyway mm-hmm. if you have it in their name, um, which means it could. If you don't change the ownership, it would revert to them at age 18, and then, then it's theirs to do with what you want. But, yeah, just getting in, them in the savings habit, even if you start with a piggy bank, for crying out loud. You know, it, you get an allowance. You get 10 bucks, right? Uh, one goes to charity, two goes to the bank, and seven is there to spend. That's good savings habits. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, well, I appreciate the, the info, and I'll, I'll just uh... – I'll ease up and give them a couple more years before I, I go that direction then. Yeah, yeah start with a, a bank account. That would yeah. be good. <laughs> All right, Brian, thanks Excellent. for the call. That was a good one. Appreciate it. 627. Thank you. Y'all have a great night. All right, thanks Me a lot. 627-7979. If you want to jump in on the conversation here, how about back to the 401ks a little bit? Well, first I was going to ask a question. What oh. is the going rate for allowance these days? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to gauge if we're in the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> I should have asked Brian. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm right. I am kind of out of the allowance business. <laughs> we're doing a dollar per year, so I want to know. I want to know how much I. I want to know what kind of work I can expect for the allowance I'm paying. That's what I want to know. Yeah, like, it's can very I little. Get, very little in our right, house. Yeah, can I get the dishwasher? <laughs> That's what we get. You know, emptied at least we for do. an allowance? We can get I get a bed made? And we get table setting. How about, can I get a load of laundry done? Sometimes. How about just fold it? Sometimes. Somebody do the folding because that's really the hardest part. Well, we're at a, a dollar per year. So at 15, she's earning 15, 15 a week. week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's more definitely more than I made, but obviously well, I'm inflation, pretty old. So. Inflation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I want to know what kind of labor 
I can get out of my allowance money that I'm paying. That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm for okay. my kids are 20, so they're they're they're. Oh, I'm almost, sure they still get an allowance. Oh, well, they, they get a yeah, backdoor <laughs> yeah. allowance from mom for crying out loud. Okay, I think we have to take a break, do we? A short one. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back after these messages. Uh, if you have a question or comment about what we're uh, talking about or you got um, a question about your own financial situation, give us a call in studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. Our next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, July 12th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month or the rebroadcast we have Saturday morning following the show on Tuesday, then you can get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us. Take us with you wherever you go. And if you're so inclined, we're on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit the like button and we will be your friend. (laughs) Tonight we're talking about what to do with your 401k when you leave a job. If you are like the average American, you will probably switch jobs some six different times throughout your career. And so you may end up with six different retirement plans or various pots of money out there. And the risk in just leaving everything scattered around is that it can certainly be uh, overlooked, lost, you can lose track of it. It can be forgotten about and not tended to properly, and it can complicate things once you start to transition into retirement and you're starting to spend from your accounts or you're subject to annual required minimum distributions. Yeah, there's almost never, well, I shouldn't say that, there's rarely a good reason to leave behind old company retirement plans at old employers. You should at least transfer them to your current employer if your current employer's plan accepts them or roll them over into an IRA in your name that you control. Yeah, so those are really the, well, there's four options. We've already covered cash it in as an option. And if you were here in the first half of the show, you know never to do that. (laughs) That's a bad option. option. It's the option of last resort. Mm -hmm. The other option is if your plan allows to leave it where it is. But again, these things don't tend to be managed well if left where they are. 
and also there are fees, even though a lot of people aren't aware at all about the fees that they're paying through their 401k plan. Many people mm -hmm. think that they aren't paying fees mm -hmm. in their 401k plans. Not true at all. Mm -hmm. No. So know that if you're leaving it where it is, you are certainly... Uh, probably paying for that and you may not be maximizing your investment opportunities. Uh, Kevin mentioned the other option is to move it from your old employer to your new employer's plan if your new employer accepts those rollovers. So that's a good way to consolidate it, to keep it all in one consolidated account that you can pay attention to and you can manage. Um, but typically, with 401k plans, you have very limited investment options. So I'd say average 10, maybe 20 mm -hmm. fund options. Mm -hmm. Most of them are I was going to go 8 dates. to 12, which right. would be 10. You know? mm -hmm. I, that's what we typically see. And uh, they're, they're very limited. So, so know that when if you're if you're leaving the money in the 401k or consolidating it into a 401k you're going to be limited to whatever your new employer allows you to invest in and you will be subject to those types of fees as well even if you're not exactly seeing what the fee is yeah i guess i, I don't want to get into the whole no uh, 401k <laughs> uh underground but there are a lot of embedded fees in 401k plans that the employees have almost no say over and the employer has all the say over and most employees while it's always disclosed somewhere in the fine print somewhere um, what these are it's very hard to decipher uh, but just know that that it isn't free for most companies there are some companies that put the whole bill uh, for 401k plans but those tend to be the exception so then the final option is to move it out of your old 401k and into an individual retirement account or an IRA. It could be a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA if you have Roth money in your 401k that you can self-manage or that can be managed by a financial advisor. And this will uh, typically open up a, a whole host of investment opportunities opportunities or options for you and can oftentimes be lower costs or in the case of working with an advisor will hopefully provide you with much more value with investment guidance and comprehensive financial planning around your investments. Now, if you're going to do this, you need to understand the rules of moving money from a 401k into an IRA because you can run into trouble. And we've certainly had uh, people that have run into trouble trying to move money from one to the other because if it's not done properly, it's considered a distribution, which is a big no-no. And then you've got 10% penalties and you've got taxes. taxes all at the ordinary income tax level. Mm -hmm. So ideally, the money should never touch your hands. It should go from 401k company A to IRA company B, mm. and you never touch the money. Mm. That is a non-taxable event. But if they do need to send a check to you, you need to make sure that it gets deposited. The whole amount that comes out of the 401k gets deposited into the IRA and not a penny different. Right. And ideally, that check, if it has to hit your hands, is in also the name of the receiving IRA. 
that it's going to ultimately be deposited to. Um, and you also don't want any withholding to come out of that if you're going to do a direct rollover because there's complexity around that. So just know that while it, it can be done to roll over your funds from 403Bs, 457s, IRAs, TSPs into an IRA, it just needs to be done carefully and properly. Um, and if, because if it's not, then it, 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 there will be a surprise tax bill the following year. Right, and there are some time frames. So if if the money is hitting your hands or the check is made payable to you, it has to get back into the IRA within 60 days. So just get help from your custodian or your uh, 401k plan administrator if you're attempting to make this move. Or hopefully you're working with a financial advisor who can is help experience do this. in yeah. in doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can guide you through the process. But in general, consolidating wherever whenever possible is is our preference it yeah. helps eliminate gaps redundancies yeah. additional fees and can make sure that your entire financial plan is working in concert it simplifies your life it's easier to manage from an investment standpoint if you do your own investment management then it's much easier to have it all in one pot than trying to coordinate five different pots of money so there's just like i said earlier there's rarely a good reason to leave money behind uh, at in a old company's retirement plan and don't cash it out I'm going to get that in there one more time. <laughs> right. Even if it's a little amount, you know, it all adds up. I think that's probably why that, that it, happens. That's what people say. Right. Yeah. That's, well, it's only $10,000 right. and I need a new car anyway. It's oh, just easy. Okay. Well, you know what that $10,000 would be 40 years into the future? You know, maybe $500,000. So that's why you don't cash it out. Retirement plans are for retirement. Use them for that purpose. Just because you can doesn't mean, just because you can cash it out doesn't mean you should. All right, that's all the time we have today, and that's all Matt I can get for today. We will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, July 12th at 6 p.m. For Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.